the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Go for every state. Mojo Five O. Welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I am your host, Pat Oni. And of course, as always, follow me over on Twitter at the Patoni Show. Use the hashtag stand with Mrs. Pat and the hashtag what I learned today. Also find me over on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe and Parlor. And I'm also over on the locals community with Andrew Coppins, uh, specifically the critical thinking locals community. Um, so make sure that you're subscribing to that because I am on Critical Thinking with Andrew Coppins Monday through Friday right here on Mojo Five O from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday. Um, I do generally try to be on all my social media channels when the show airs, that show being this show, every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern right here on Mojo Five O Radio, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and pretty much wherever all podcasts are played. That said... I, I I haven't um, I haven't been on the social medias as much lately, mostly because it's exhausting having to scroll through your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, finding stories, seeing all the comments, seeing all the crap that's going on. I just I needed a minute. I needed a minute, and I just just needed to breathe. Absolutely need to breathe. And yes, by the way, this show is pre-recorded. Thank you, Stephen Airy. Um, but I, I needed a moment to breathe because after last week's show, which was was not the, my favorite show that I've ever done, it, it just wasn't. Um, I I I don't necessarily like talking about topics like that. It's not necessarily my forte. It's not something that. I enjoy talking about, especially nowadays when the country is just on fire because of a lot of the issues I was talking about last week. That said, um, that that breath of fresh air that I was looking for, that that moment of peace came and went very quickly. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because um, in my in my day job this week, I had to sit through two hours of a painstaking harassment training. That really wasn't much of a harassment training. Now, I know what you're all thinking, what did you do, Pat? What, what, what did you do? What did you do to get yourself into this situation? Like, like, why are you having to attend this meeting? The answer is nothing it was a company-wide mandatory meeting for everyone so i had to be there it wasn't anything that i did it was just they hadn't done one in a while and so they decided oh well let's uh 
let's let's go ahead and do one. Even though, by the way, my company that I work for um, is more or less completely remote. So, I mean, I'm not saying that 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 bad things don't happen within the workplace still, but I don't know that they would be, and hopefully are not happening as much considering people are remote. That said, it was two of the most painful hours and a waste of time of my life. Um, and I'm not saying that there wasn't some good some good information there. There certainly was. Um, and just just for frame of reference, like like they they talked about certain laws and things like that, and it, it just was a good refresher. Okay, like. This is what some of these things are. Okay, fine. Now, I've been at other companies I've been with. They've done stuff like this before where they do like mandatory meetings and they just kind of go over what the what the company policy is and how things work and then you're done. This, unfortunately, was not that. I mean, it kind of was and it kind of wasn't. Um, I had to sit through two hours of individuals constantly reminding the the HR rep of this entire meeting, remind them of their gender pronouns. And I'm sitting here like, good grief. She's doing what every other normal person would do. She's looking at you and like, oh, this person is a boy or a girl or like she she can tell by looking at you what you are because, you know, cameras are on in this meeting. And, and she's judging that based upon what she sees, just like, you know, every other normal person. But, but I can't tell you how many times that she got corrected. Now, granted, everybody was polite about it, but it was, it was, it was, it was disgusting. It was just completely dovetailing into total insanity and, from there, it only got worse. I, I wish I could say that it, it, it only stopped there. It didn't. Um, because then it dovetailed into social justice. It dovetailed into um, things about racism and specifically George Floyd. Now, granted, no one really talked about George Floyd per se, but they talked around it. And his name did come up, but they talked around the issue. And, you know, like, like we actually had someone come on and say, like, I'm, I'm a person of color and, um, actually got emotional over the whole George Floyd thing in this entire training. And I'm like, okay, this is neither the time or the place because I started thinking to myself, look, I work with people that, that come from all different walks of life that come from, um, different faiths, creeds, religions, uh, and what have you, political ideologies. And I don't care. I'm there to do a job. I'm, I, I don't know most of these people. I, I've never met most of these people in person because most of the people that now work for this company have come on via remote setting um, since COVID. I mean, there's a few people that, that are still there that I used to work with in, in person, but not very many. And um, I, I'm sitting there, and and I'm just like, okay, this 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 isn't 
This isn't the time or the place to have these discussions. Because if I were to have a discussion like this with, with a coworker, with a friend that I work with, that may or may not be of the opposite political ideology or uh, maybe finds my faith offensive or some of my beliefs offensive, I could get in serious trouble for it, even though I'm just having what I would hope to be a respectful conversation um, and and just be like, okay, casually mentioning certain things. But apparently that's not okay. But yet, yet these things were happening in this harassment training, but heaven forbid a constitutional conservative sitting in this meeting, heaven forbid I say anything about any of these issues because I could potentially lose my job. That's exactly the situation they've put me in. Now, I what I ended up doing is I just took myself off camera and put myself on mute and I went back to work. And I listened in kind of sort of because I I was just I, I didn't want to be fed the social justice garbage that was coming out of this harassment training. I didn't. I'm like, if I can't come to work and I can't express what I believe and I can't express um you know the 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 the, the freedoms and my faith and um what I believe our our country's politics ought to be then I really don't want to listen to anybody else, nor do I care what you have to say. Because it's a one-way street. And we know we've seen this happen time and time again across different companies in woke corporate America. But I digress. So we get into social justice. I actually have a quote. Um, It says, social justice is generally understood to mean working through societal and political systems to achieve equality, fairness, and dignity for all human beings. Okay, I, I... tend to agree with that definition, but it went from equality. This, this, the discussion went from equality to equity in basically the snap of a finger. I'm like, okay, equality and equity are not the same thing. And, and somehow we've dovetailed into this conversation. And I, I think one of my favorites from this is, well, when Congress gave people the right, and I can't remember what it was in reference to, but they, they were talking a lot about this, the, the Equality Act. And, and it says, when, when Congress gave people the right, okay, first of all, Congress makes laws. They don't make rights. They, 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 don't, they don't give out rights freely because if they did, they could just as easily take it away. Rights are inherent. Rights come from God. Laws, on the other hand, can come from Congress. They are not, and I repeat, are not rights. The Bill of Rights is a a part of the Constitution, and the Constitution itself is a divinely inspired document. Ergo, what is in that document has come from God. Maybe not in every word, maybe not in every sentence, but it was divinely inspired. That's the difference between the law of the land being the Constitution and the laws that have come out since our Constitution was ratified. So rights and laws 
are not the same thing. What they should have said was when Congress passed the law for whatever they're talking about, that would have actually been accurate. But the way they're talking about this is like that, hey, government gives us gives us rights. Government doesn't give us rights. It never has, it never will. And the moment we start letting it do that is the moment that government can giveth and taketh away just like that, snap of the fingers. So as someone that is a constitutional conservative, hearing someone say that just makes me cringe. But I think I think my favorite, my 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 absolute favorite line that came from this meeting was avoid the political discussions and focus on factual ones. Okay, this this I completely because if if, if I can't bring my own beliefs, my political ideology, my religion, you know, my faith, whatever have you to work, then no one else should be able to. No one else should be. It, it, it's either all or nothing for me. Um, but yet we sat here and we talked about gender pronouns for like a half an hour. We talked about social justice and George Floyd for a good chunk of it, or at least talked around it. And then then they talked about like uh, a, a book and, and book club and, and, and all this sort of stuff that, that had to do with race and, and, and all of this woke mumbo jumbo. I agree that you should avoid the philosophical conversations at work just because what ends up happening is it creates a hostile work environment. You're not there to get into the philosophical anyway. You're there to do a job and that's it. That doesn't mean that you can't have personal conversations. It doesn't mean that you can't get to know your employees. That doesn't mean um, that you, you can't ask the occasional personal question provided it's an appropriate time and place and you have that kind of rapport with that person. Um, in other words, are you at least friends on a semi-basis, which is fine, and it should be fine. But yet we, we spent all this time talking about the philosophical in this meeting, and I just found it insanely hypocritical, absolutely hypocritical, and dare I say kind of asinine. Um, and and it, just, it ended up being a waste of, waste of my time. Now, why am I telling you? about this story. Well, before I tell you why, let me tell you a little bit about preparewithmojo50.com. Preparewithmojo50.com is a place that you can go to get prepared, specifically with your food storage. They have a four-week emergency food supply kit. They've got two-week kits. They've got 72-hour kits. And they have a plethora of other things. Um, and and I, I believe they actually even have bigger kits than just the four week, by the way. Um, all you got to do is just go to preparewithmojo50.com and you'll get so much off your purchase. You'll you'll get free shipping. And, uh, and I, I, I can't tell you how important it is in today's world to be prepared. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to be talking about Joe Biden here in a little bit in his first 100 days. And what we've seen in the first 100 days of his presidency, I mean, there's been a lot of changes in this country already. I don't know that I recognize America anymore. And and if if it's if this is just the first 100 days, what is it going to look like in a year and then after four years? What are we going to look like as a country? So... 
Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That is preparewithmojo50.com. So why am I telling you this story? Well, there was a, a piece from Intellectual Takeout that, um, in, in, it was talking about the, the idea of Eden, Utopia, and the original sin. And I think about, well, what, what, is, what is Eden and what is a utopia? And utopia is usually something that is used in, in conjunction with, like, socialism or communism. Um, there, there, were, it, there was a theory that I learned about in college about how a society would start in like a feudal system, then it would go to a democracy, then a a um, a uh, socialist state, and then eventually communism, and then to what is called a communistic utopia, which is where you've achieved a communist state that has no need for a government. The problem with that whole philosophy is that Socialism and communism are dependent upon government. You have to have government to have those things because there is no way that a government gives up that much power. No one is that benevolent. Power corrupts. That's the whole problem I've always had with that theory. Now, this article from Intellectual Takeout uh, talks about this idea of um, people who are, who are constantly taking care of their homes, creating gardens, trying to to beautify where they live and trying to create a sense of Eden, if you will. And then it dovetails into Karl Marx and a worker's paradise and how some of our contemporary radicals believe that if they had just had enough power over the rest of us, then they can bring equity to all. And like gods, even control the climate. Um, and, and this goes for everything. It goes from faith, uh, religion. Um, if they could just have some sort of control, they can perfect humanity. What, what a utopia is ultimately designed to do, at least in this case, in, in terms of communism and socialism, it's designed to perfect humanity through the eyes of government. Not the eyes of God, but the eyes of government. But the twisted ideologies of communism are responsible for the terror and slaughter. Uh, and it struck me as I looked at my sister's garden and the original sin of ignorance and pride and the main culprits. In regard to original sin, we ask these questions. Are human beings inherently good, inherently evil? We can't definitively answer those questions, but this we do know. Inside every saint and the saints acknowledge this, is a nugget of wickedness. And inside every sinner, and the sinner may not know this, is a jewel of goodness, however small it may be. Ignorance of possible outcomes also produces the wreckage of the utopian systems. Often our political leaders have good intentions, but produce bad and unintended results. Um, well, that's true. We, we've seen this happen all the time. He then goes in to talk about COVID-19, how we've screwed all that up as a government. He talks about critical race theory. He says, critical race theorists, you might think, are working to reduce the end of racism in our country if it still exists. 
but their radical politics and viewpoints have instead eradicated all the progress we've made over the last 50 years and fed the flames of racism. Finally, arrogance among our elites and among the leaders in communist countries around the world has contributed to the destruction of culture and law. Those who think they know best, who believe they have the answers of millions of people to make their lives happier and fulfilled and who are unwilling to tolerate those who disagree with them, typically end up as murderous thugs rather than visionaries. Our founding, our founding fathers were wiser. In the Federalist Papers, we find this observation. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. Those who wrote our Constitution knew that human beings were not angels, and so they tried to allow and maxim, the maximum amount of freedom for the American citizens while living under the minimal amount of government. Unfortunately, for most of us, we live in an age where, where, where some men and women believe themselves to not be angels but gods, with the power to dictate from the heights of Olympus how everyone else should live. It's time for these would-be deities and anyone who agrees with them to back down. They are a danger to us and to our humanity. I mean, it that basically sums up this entire harassment training, is that we're being told how to act. We're being told what we can and can't say, what things we can and can't talk about while at work. And there's often, if anything, a double standard. And 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 this isn't just where I work. This is this is across corporate America. This isn't this isn't just me. I'm just using a personal example. And so as I'm as I'm sitting through this. I, I, these very thoughts come to my mind of they are trying to perfect us through their own eyes. Well, tell me, answer me this. What is human perfection? I think, I think my idea might be different than theirs and vice versa. I think my idea of, of perfect may even be different than say my wife's. Because I think there are things that my wife would, would love to have and enjoy in her life to pursue that perfection. Now, we're unified on most of it, if not all of it. But I think there might be some small differences here and there. But, but tell me, if I were to ask you, what is human perfection? How different would it be from my perspective and your perspective. How different would it be? Now, I did appreciate in this meeting because th there was an individual in there that that spoke up and said, hey, you know, our company is growing. There are a lot of people here with a lot of strong opinions on all walks of life. That I appreciate. I absolutely appreciate. And as a company grows, those things come out more and more. He's not wrong. Um, and, and so... All I'm saying is we can't perfect each other based upon our own individual beliefs. I really don't care what someone's pronouns are. I don't care what their sexual orientation. I don't care about their race, their faith. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is how they treat me and how they treat other people. Because I believe 
and this was actually disputed in this meeting, is the golden rule of treat others the way that you want to be treated. They actually said in this meeting, you should treat others the way they want to be treated. Mm, if I didn't, if I did that, what if that person wanted to be treated horribly? What if? Because there are some people in this world that just, they, they live for the misery. I don't know why, it's weird. But if they wanted me to treat them miserably, am I now obligated to treat them miserably? Or if I wanted to be treated with some sort of self-respect, I must respect myself. And to in order to do that, I must show respect for myself and I must show respect for others. So I would want to, in that sense, treat others the way that I would want to be treated. Are we always treated fairly? Are we always treated kindly? No. But sometimes kindness doesn't translate into niceness. And I think a lot of people get that confused, especially in the workplace um, and, and, and how that translates. But I'm coming up on a break here in just a second. I will be right back with a Mrs. Pat recipe here in just a second. You are listening to The Pat Only Show right here on Mojo Five O. Stay tuned. Brand new Mrs. Pat recipe coming up right after this. I will be right back right after the break. It's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them. And I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org. m25m.org. Well, if you said the world has gone crazy, I think 99.9% of the Earth's population would, in fact, agree with you. Here's the thing. You can never be too prepared for the craziness that's happening all around you. Keep your head while others are losing theirs. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find an emergency food supply with a big discount because you are a Mojo 50 listener. It's not about uh, panic. It's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. Let's be honest. Wheelchairs are heavy, bulky, and ugly. If you carry a wheelchair in your car to take care of a loved one, you know how hard it is getting that clunky, old-style wheelchair in and out of your car. Introducing the Feather Chair Wheelchair. At 13 pounds, it's the world's lightest wheelchair. It folds in seconds and fits neatly in your trunk, backseat, or closet, so you can take it everywhere. And it's only available right here. Order yours today and get a free wheelchair case a $50 value yours free the feather chair the world's lightest wheelchair is just $4.99 with easy payments as low as $16 a month sorry no medicare or insurance accepted so call right now to order yours 800-823-5826 800-823-5826 800-823-5826 that's 800-823-5826 Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org.
Welcome back to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo 5 I am your host, Pat Oni. Again, follow me over on Twitter at the Pat Oni Show. Use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. Also use the hashtag what I learned today. Find me over on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Parlor, and also over on the Critical Thinking community over at criticalthinking.locals.com. It's just five bucks a month, folks. Criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. Five bucks a month. You get all of our exclusive content over there. Um, you can also become a member as well. That doesn't cost you anything. Um, so but just go to criticalthinking.locals.com and do me a favor. Tell everybody um, or at least one person in your circle this weekend about Critical Thinking with Andrew Coppins and about The Patterning Show and about Mojo Five O Radio. Um, you can find my show here on Mojo50.com, also over on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much wherever other podcasts are played. Yes, the show is pre-recorded. Thank you, Stephen Airy. And uh, though I've been on a bit of a social media break, um, I am here and I'm still doing this show. And I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Before I get into the Mrs. Pat recipe, I, I, I wanted to end... Um, my my last segment on 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 this thought, because I was saying something about how kindness doesn't necessarily always translate into niceness, and particularly in the workplace. I'm going to give you two examples of this because I think this is this is important for people to make this distinction of what kindness is versus what niceness is. Um, in in one of my my previous careers. Um, there was an individual that that was not performing well and um, needed to be let go. He was thinking of quitting, but was complacent to the point where um, it he, he wasn't going to do anything about it. He eventually did end up losing his job. And he was thankful that he lost his job because then it gave him the ability to go and do what he really wanted to do even though he was even though he could have done that in the first place and it was a kindness not just for him but for the other people that he worked with because he was pulling the other the rest of the team members down and it it also gave him really what he wanted in the end and that was to move on um, and go and pursue what he have, whatever he wanted to pursue in that in that moment. Is getting fired nice? I would argue no. It's not. And it's not fun either. It's not fun for anybody. It's not fun for the person doing the firing. It's usually not fun for the person that's getting fired. And so, but it was a kindness. I'll give you a more personal example. So um, last night I was I was getting ready to mow my yard. And the interesting thing about my house and where we live is that we live in a bit of a wind tunnel. And what that means for us, especially since we, we live in this kind of like T type type street, is that we tend to get any trash that's coming from neighboring yards that might make it out of the garbage bins. And, and it somehow usually finds its way into my yard and also in my neighbor's yard. They've also got all sorts of construction going on around us too because they they are putting up new houses around us and there's just all sorts of crap coming from that too. Well, we we ended up getting some plastic bags into our and they, they just weren't into our yard. They were into they actually ended up in one of my trees. 
And I'm not talking like a tree that you can just go and, and, and take it out. I'm talking like a tree that you actually have to either get a ladder or actually physically climb the tree to get these bags out of the tree. Because I was, and, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sick and tired of these things. They're making our yard look like absolute garbage, pun intended. And I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, so I went and got my ladder and I, I got a, a pole that we, we used um, when we were painting um, at our, at our last house that where we were trying to paint like the ceilings and also hide to reach places. So I, I went and got this pole because I knew my ladder was not going to be big enough and where this particular bag was located, I also was not going to be able to climb the tree so well to be able to get it out of the tree without possibly falling and breaking my neck. So I, I, I go and I get this ladder and I get this pole. And I extend the pole as far as it can go. And I, I try to get this bag, like like reach up for it, get this bag. And I, I just barely could barely touch it. And I kind of gripped it a little bit and pulled it down, but it wasn't going anywhere because it was nice and tight around the branches. So I'm trying this for maybe five, maybe 10 minutes, trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to get this thing out of the tree? I thought about like, well, I could go get a rake. But I'm like, well, wait a minute. I had to do this last fall where there was actually a balloon stuck up in one of my trees. I had to go get that out. I tried using the rake then. The rake going up in between the branches doesn't work so well because the end is just too long. Or too wide, I should say. And so I'm like, okay, the rake, the rake is out. The rake is not going to work. And on top of that, the pole I was using was longer than the rake. And I could barely touch this bag at this point anyway. So Mrs. Pack comes outside. And I, I love my wife. And I love how snarky and sassy she can be sometimes. And this moment was, was no exception to the rule. So she comes out and she goes, hey, dumbass. <laughs> She's like, why don't you go get a rake? And I'm like, um, I've tried that. It won't work. And plus, this is longer than the rake. And then she's like, well, how about you get some duct tape and put the rake on the end of the pole and then get it out of the tree? And then she just went back inside, closed the door and was laughing her butt off because she was watching me trying to get this bag out of the tree for forever. So I'm like, hmm, I wish I thought of that. And I kind of just chuckled to myself. And so I go, I go and I'm like, okay, I, I still don't think a rake's going to work just because the end where the rake actually is is too wide to go up in between these branches. It's just going to be a pain in the ass. So I'm looking at all my garden tools. I'm like, oh, I have a hoe. this could work. So I took some duct tape, took my pole, took the hoe, wrapped them together, went up, got it down. No problem. It took me like all of two seconds to get that bag out of the tree. Now, if my mother-in-law had been around, she would have told my wife to be nice and to, um, you know, be respectful and, and not say such words to me. 
Now, what my mother-in-law doesn't know is like when my wife actually does this stuff, I actually find it hilarious. Um, and because she's not doing it to be mean, um, she's doing it to be funny. And when she, when she's tired, she's had a long day. She's especially snarky and it's been a long week for her with work and stuff. And, you know, being a Friday night, she's, she's usually a little bit snarkier on Friday nights, especially when she's good and tired. And so, um, I go in a little bit later because dinner came and I told her, I said, you know, I, did you see what I did? She's like, no. I'm like, well, I went and I tied the hoe together to the pole. And she's like, oh, I wonder who gave you that idea. And of course, me being me, I said, well, you said rake. I used a hoe. And she just looks, she just gives me this dirty look like you just had to one up me, didn't you? And I, and I do this just because I know, I know it's just going to get under her skin a little bit. But what I'm getting at with this is that she showed me a kindness by trying to help me. She wasn't necessarily nice about it, but it was also kind. And and sometimes niceness and kindness don't go hand in hand, especially within the workplace, because sometimes you got to get your point across. There's a job to be done. You need to keep people focused. Sometimes it's not always nice. But it can always, always be kind. Always. There's a difference. Anyway, I digress. I just I, I just wanted to put a bow on that and right before I get into the, the, the Mrs. Pat recipe. And speaking of the Mrs. Pat recipe, I am doing an oldie but goodie this week um, because I did something a little different with it. Those of you that know how the Mrs. Pat recipe segment got started, it actually got started with the recipe of the Dr. Pepper pork roast. And and all it is is you just take a pork roast, put it in a crock pot, soak it in Dr. Pepper, and let it basically cook for about eight hours. I actually did something a little different with it. What this is, I actually used the Instapot this time. We've never used the Instapot for this before. And so I was wondering, like, is there really going to be much of a taste difference using the Instapot? And there's one other thing that I did. Instead of using Dr. Pepper, I used Dr. Pepper Zero. If you haven't had Dr. Pepper Zero yet, by the way, um, I highly, highly encourage it, um, especially if you're trying to diet, but you're also trying and you're trying to lay off soda and you don't necessarily like diet soda. The, the, Zero route is actually a pretty good way to go because it's actually at least very, very, very close in terms of flavor to the original Dr. Pepper. Um, there is a little bit of a difference, but it's not it's not anything big. So I, I did Dr. Pepper Zero and um, I, I did some baked potatoes and stuff with it and it actually turned out to be just as good. So it was just a little different um, because sometimes when you do things in a crock pot versus an instant pot, there is a little bit of a taste difference. Um, and so we, we just tried it that way this week and we were trying to come up with meals. I'm like, okay, what, what, what do you want to make this week? Every Sunday, my wife sits down and she's like, what, what, what do you, what do you want to make this week? Like, what do you want for dinner? And, and I'm just sitting here like, um, I don't know off the top of my head. And this is usually how the conversation goes. I, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Well, I never got her an answer on 
um, Sunday night. So she, she texts me Monday while she's at work and while I'm working, it's like, so you, you, you never answered me what you wanted for dinner this week. And I'm like, Oh, um, crap. Um, let's do tacos and let's do the Dr. Pepper pork roast because I'm like, unless you want something else, which usually when I ask for suggestions, I get nothing. It's, it's, I've got to determine it. So I'm like, okay, um, this is what we're going to do. And that's what we did. So highly recommend it. Um, it is a famous Mrs. Pat recipe. It is the first Mrs. Pat recipe that I've ever featured on the show. Um, take pictures, send it to us, send us your, your recipe ideas. We would love to try out different things as well. And I will even feature it here on the show if it's good. So send me that stuff. Just tweet them at me. You can send them to me over me. We are on Facebook, whatever the case you can get them to me and I will check them out. Um, and we will actually feature, um, those recipes as part of the Mrs. Pat recipe segment if they're good, and if it's something that we actually haven't already done before as well. So send them to me. And by the way, these recipes are meant to be simple. Um, They are very easy. I I try to do things that everyone can do so that you can actually try it at home. And frankly, if I can do this stuff, so can you. So um, it's really, really easy. Again, just a Dr. Pepper pork roast. It's um, You can either use a crock pot or an Instapot. Just whatever you do, make sure you cook it on low for about eight hours. That's it. And then make sure that you soak it in Dr. Pepper or Dr. Pepper Zero because that that works just as well. And before I get into this Joe Biden stuff, yes, I'm going to get into the Joe Biden stuff from from this week. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about cat coolers. Folks, it's spring. People are working outside. People are doing barbecues. People are starting to to gather again, especially in those those red states, those uh, you know the 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 Neanderthal thinking red states um, that that you know are easing up on their COVID restrictions, if not getting rid of them entirely. And so people are gathering, people are doing barbecues, people are throwing neighborhood parties, people are also going tailgating and camping um, and, and all sorts of stuff. And you don't want to be the jerk that brings warm food and drinks to any of those events. That said, get a cat cooler. All you got to do is go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code MOJO50. You'll get 10% off your purchase and it's worth it. It keeps your food and drink cold for up to seven days. And if this were wintertime, I would say it would keep it warm as well. So you can use it for either purpose. So go to catcoolers.com. Don't be the jerk that has warm food and drinks. That's catcoolers.com. Use the promo code MOJO50 and get 10% off your purchase today. Okay, so with this Joe Biden stuff, I mean, there's there's a lot of things I think that we could we could talk about um, from his his speech to Congress um, a few nights ago, and one of which he was calling for an assault weapons ban, saying that it worked before, which it didn't. Um, that's why it ended in two thousand four, by the way. Um, and he's like, talk to most reasonable gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you that there's no possible justification for having 100 round, 100 bullets in a weapon. Um, aside from military grade weapons, and even then, I don't know that there is a particular weapon outside of like a, a 
like a mini gun or something like that that's going to hold more than 100 bullets. Now, granted, I'm not a gun aficionado. I I just can't think of one that would, you know, have 100 bullets in it. But looking at that for just a second, the 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 law actually banned the transfer of possession of ammunition feeding device and carried more than 10 rounds, not 100. So, that wasn't accurate. But let's just take take that for example. Um, just just for a minute, this is about weapons of war, which really argumentably could be any firearm um, and um, anything that's 10 rounds or more. Well, in fact, let's just say 100 rounds just just for kicks and giggles. The argument that people have is like, why do, why do you need a gun that has that many, many much ammo? Like you, you don't need it. Most people don't need it. And they're not wrong. Most people don't need it. That doesn't mean they don't want it. But most people don't need it. But, you know, I don't need my cell phone either. I don't need my smartphone. I could just have a normal phone if I really wanted to. Do I really need my smartphone? No, but I want one. So, again, it's, 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 it's they're trying to dictate what people need and want here. But um, it's not what they fail to understand is it's not about the gun and it's Certainly not about the number of ammunition a gun, a particular gun holds. Certainly not. How I know this, you can do, if you've studied history at all, you can do more damage with one, count it, one well-placed bullet than you can, say, firing 100 bullets out into a crowd. You can do more damage with just one than you can with a hundred out to a crowd. And I'm going to explain how. And if you don't think that that's, that's reasonable, if you don't think that that's possible, I would highly argue this by saying, why don't you ask John F. Kennedy or Abraham Lincoln? One bullet did more damage in those moments than, than, just a simple mass shooting because just firing bullets everywhere. That doesn't mean people are getting shot means they're getting shot at, but you can do more damage with one bullet in a, in in a given, in a particular moment than just randomly shooting a hundred bullets out into a crowd. It it depends on the moment. It depends on, on uh, what you're intending to do and what you're trying to do and what you accomplish in that moment but one bullet can do more damage. So it's certainly not about the number of ammunition. It can't be. It's not logical. But I digress. Biden said it worked before. It hasn't. And from a, there actually is a study that is from the... Um, what was it from? It was from the Department of Justice. Uh, it was actually the National Institute of Justice... Uh, it was a, a report to the National Institute of Justice and the United States Department of Justice. And um, from 2004, when the Clinton ban was allowed to expire, that year, using uh, the grants from the GOJ, found that while gun violence fell by 17% nationwide during the ban, the drop was not linked to the ban. The analysis explained that handguns were overwhelmingly used is this the choice of gun violence in the U.S. Um, before and after the ban? 
Um, and assault weapons were only a small fraction of gun crimes prior to the ban, about 2% according to most studies, and no more than 8%. Moreover, the study did not note the decrease in crime involving assault weapons, but printed, or, or, or excuse me, but pointed out that criminals appeared to simply use different weapons. The deadline in the assault weapons use was offset, though, at least the last 1990s by the steady rise of other guns equipped with large capacity magazines in jurisdiction studied, the author wrote. The study added, we could not clearly credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drops in gun violence. So Biden lied, like he's lied about a great deal of many other things in his first 100 days and how he has flip-flopped on many issues. Take, for example... Um, the, his, his flip-flopping on, uh, reuniting families at the border. And he talked about this ad nauseum in the debates. It is now, and this was something he promised to do on day one. It is now April or actually May. It's May now. And, um, he has yet to, uh, reunite any migrant family separated under the President Trump's zero-tolerance policy um, under the Biden administration so far. Um, oh, ending the filibuster hasn't happened. Um, but he's He was for it, but at one point in time, he was also against it too. Um, reopening schools. They were hoping within the first 100 days that they would be getting kids back into school, which Jen Psaki apparently clarified was some teaching was meant, but teaching at least one day a week in a majority of schools by day 100. Um, by as of April 30th, Biden said K through 12 schools will probably open all open in the fall. So that's not happening. Um, refugees. He was going to seek to raise the annual mission to 125,000 people. That's more than a 700% increase from the Trump administration's previous targets for the year. But um, it's looking like he's going to keep it at Trump's historically low cap of 15,000 refugees a year, which then Jen Psaki had to walk back, saying that Biden would set a final increase for refugee cap by May 15th. Oh, and then my favorite, the stimulus checks. Um, he was advocating for $2,000 stimulus checks on January 10th. Um, And then after taking office, Biden signed a $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, which instead of $2,000 payments was $14,000. Now, while this was widely popular because, you know, government, the government literally screwed up people's lives and all of this. um, he, He couldn't deliver on that either. Um, so, and that was supposed to be for everyone. Only for, only some people got that $1,400 pay, paycheck. And only some people got the $600 paycheck from before, depending on what your income was. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my, my, I think my favorite thing from this is there was actually a thing from 538 talking about Biden's first 100 days. And how partisan our country has become. Now, if you were to look at the 538 breakdown of this, Democrats approve, you know, Joe Biden's um, approval ratings are like 96%. From Republicans, it's 11%. But overall, it's 56%. 
Um, and by the way, Joe Biden has the lowest approval rating of any president by this point in their presidency. Historically, when you've been this low at this point in your in your presidency, you do not win re-election. Um, case in point, George Bush, Donald Trump. So there's that. Um, if you also look at uh, Biden has signed fewer laws than most of his predecessors. He signed into law at 11. But in terms of executive orders, he's put into 40 and he has revoked 39. So, okay. So he's certainly using the pen a lot. But looking at this, the reason why he hasn't signed into a lot of laws, according to 538, is because of how partisan the country is. And there's another article from 538 that's talking about how popular some of his upcoming policies of spending are that he announced in his um, address to Congress the other night, one of which was talking about um, the, the $2 trillion bill to improve infrastructure. Um, and there was another one that was $1.8 trillion towards universal uh, pre-kindergarten, federal paid leave, child care subsidies, free community college, and more. So there's that. Um, oh, and then a $6 trillion investment by the federal government. Um, oh, that's what these, like these, there's another one that he's, he talk, they talk about as well. It adds up to be like a $6 trillion investment by the federal government. And it's talking about how these policy ideas are incredibly popular among the American people. Are they, though? Are they are they that popular? Is it possible that they're that popular? Sure, but I question it. And the reason why I question it is because of his approval rating, because of what he's actually been able to accomplish. Um, he is, I don't necessarily want to say that he's the worst president that we've ever had, but he is certainly the most incompetent and inept president that we've ever had um, because he just doesn't have the mental capacity to do the job. He doesn't. He has handlers that are doing all of this for him. How much of that speech actually came from Joe Biden? How much of these policy ideas have come from Joe Biden? How much of these ideas were his own ideas? I would argue probably next to none, if at all, um, given his track record, given what he is doing now. This seems to be coming from his handlers rather than actually from Joe Biden himself. All this said, the one thing I will agree with the 538 article on is that his presidency is very partisan. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's very partisan in terms of how people view him, depending on what side of the political aisle you're on and why he hasn't been as effective having even having a technical majority in the Senate and a majority in the House. He has not been as effective on a great deal of many things, especially on the border. Um, and I would just argue that he hasn't been that effective of a president up to this point. I mean, yes, I guess you could make the argument that, you know, he has been a cog in the machine that is fundamentally changing this country. I think that's accurate. But I don't think it's he himself that's being ineffective as a president. I think it's his handler's behind the scenes that are, are the ones that are being um, the most effective in all of this. Um, but like I said, he is perhaps the most 
incompetent and inept president that I have ever seen leading this country. And if what I hope is a sign of what is to come according to the numbers um, and to the polling data, Joe Biden will at the very least be a one term president, but he probably won't even finish his first term. So you've been listening to the penalty show right here on Mojo Five O. I will be back with Andrew Coppins Monday night right here on Mojo Five O at 5 p.m. Until then, don't get lost. Remember who you are and no means no. We'll see you Monday. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Make sure to... Jim. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. With zero sugar and refreshingly delicious, is Coca-Cola Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Pick up a half-liter six-pack from your local giant today.